0: welcome back everybody to rams up your favorite la rams podcast you can also follow us on youtube got some great video content our youtube handle is at la rams up you can follow us on instagram as well i'm your host mark let's get to it Welcome back, everyone. Episode 152 of Rams Up, coming out a day later than usual. Took some time on this holiday weekend to do a few things. One of the things I did was recorded a mock draft, and I recorded it live as I was making the selections. That video is available on our YouTube channel. That's Mock Draft number 7. You can follow along with all our mock drafts on the YouTube channel. Typically, I have been sharing the results as YouTube Shorts, 60 seconds worth of results from the mock drafts that I run. This one, it's about five plus minutes, and you follow along as I make a few Rams selections. What do we have this episode? We will wrap a wildcard weekend and set up the divisional round for you. We also have our 2022 RAMS award show and a lot of other RAMS news and notes. Sean McVay is returning, but before he did that, he had already given a bunch of assistants permission to seek other jobs. That included Eric Henderson, the defensive line coach, Thomas Brown, the running back coach, Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, Greg Olson, the offensive assistant. So I'm not sure where all that stands, but we could be seeing a significant turnover in the Rams coaching staff. Now, the rumor is Mike LeFleur will be hired as the offensive coordinator. Haven't seen anything official on that. Cliff Kingsbury, who I thought could be in the running, is off to Thailand. Sounds kind of comical, but you can't really blame the guy. If anyone needs a break, it's an NFL coach, in my opinion. We saw that with Sean McVay considering retirement. Frank Reich, I also thought, was a candidate. At least a lot of us did. With no real information to back that up. It just kind of made sense, especially if Sean McVeigh is looking to take a load off his shoulders. But it looks like it's probably going to be LaFleur, but nothing official on that. So we will be monitoring that, uh, obviously. And the Pro Bowl announcements the only Ram, Bobby Wagner, second team, the ninth time he has been named to the Pro Bowl. Adam Schefter reporting that NFL officiating was under scrutiny after that Rams-Seahawks game. No kidding, it should have been. I was watching that game and, you know, I try not to do the woe is me, the Rams are getting screwed routine. It happens to a lot of teams. It happens every weekend, really. But I really was thinking during that game, this referee and crew is having a bad, bad day. And I guess I wasn't the only one. Lions and Ram fans, and now a lot of other people, I guess, having issues with that running into the kicker call. The no call on Metcalf for poking his fingers into Jalen's face mask. The no call on Diggs for taunting the Rams' sideline. And not to mention the call on Ramsey in the first place, the personal foul. That was a bad call as well. And you really got to feel bad for the Lions in this case. They could have gone to the playoffs and they would have been a better match than the Seahawks against the 49ers. But that would have been a fun game to watch? The Seahawk 49er game, that second half was a total blowout. Hey, I've been running mock drafts on the YouTube site pretty regularly. I'm through six mock drafts and and what I had been doing is just going three rounds, the Rams second and third round pick. And I started to get trade offers on Pro Football Network's website using their online drafter. And I said, you know what? Let me go four rounds and see if I get some offers to move back into that fourth round, maybe pick up an extra pick. And that's what happened. And my last two mock drafts went something like this mock draft number five. After some trading with the Vikings, I had a third round pick that originally belonged to the Rams. And I selected Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. And if you're unaware, this is a really strong draft for tight ends. And in the third round, using the Vikings pick, I selected ZFT or Zion Tupuola-Fetui. You know, I think maybe I'm just going to start selecting guys named John Smith and Rob Jones, so I don't have to struggle with these names. Let me try that again. Zion Tupuola-Fetui. You want to say Tupalua, but I do not think that's the right pronunciation. And in the fourth round, I selected Corey Trice, the cornerback out of Purdue. So lost that second round pick, picked up a third and fourth round pick. The trade was a little bit more complex than that, but I won't get into it. And mock draft number six, I actually made two trades. I traded the sixth and 168th pick to the Panthers for the 39th and 111th pick. And then I traded the 69th pick to the Jags. For the 85th and 120th pick. So, in the first four rounds, I had four picks. With a 39th pick, I selected Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback out of Mississippi State. We're going to be thin there at cornerback with Troy Hill, a free agent. If he moves on, David Long as well. Going to need to restock the cornerback room. And with the 85th pick, just like the draft before this, I selected a tight end, Cameron Latou, the Alabama tight end. And with the 111th pick, I selected Tuli Tuipulotu, the edge rusher out of USC. Now he's moving up some draft boards, had 13.5 sacks for the Trojans. Not sure he's really going to be there at that point. Maybe a couple of months ago, you could have drafted him at that spot. In the real draft, probably not. And with the 120th pick, I selected Tyler Steen the offensive tackle out of Alabama. So I think I have four potential starters here. Forbes could possibly start right away. Tui would be a rotational guy. Cameron Latu, the eventual replacement for Tyler Higbee. And Tyler Steen, kind of hedging our bets on what we have with our offensive line right now. A lot of guys coming back, but not sure what we have with a handful of them. So we add an offensive lineman out of Alabama. Right now the Rams hold the 36th pick in the draft. That's the highest they've drafted in quite a while. And and there have been some good players selected at that spot. This was shared on Twitter by someone else. Full disclosure, I'm stealing their material. 36th picks in recent years. Reese Hall, the running back for the Jets, looked really promising, then he got hurt. Javon Holland, Debo Samuel, Shaquille Leonard, Budda Baker, and Miles Jack. So the Rams can get a good player if they hang tight at 36th. I also reintroduced my first and fourth questions on the YouTube channel, and I'll be doing that here as well. I got some pushback on one of my answers. What were my first and fourth questions on the YouTube channel? Question one was, where will the Rams get their next backup quarterback? Is he already on the roster? Will they draft someone? Will they sign a free agent? And I said they're going to sign a free agent. And a guy that really piques my interest is Sam Darnold. Very similar measurables to Matt Stafford. I think he has a similar style. He's a SoCal guy. Not sure if the Rams can afford him as a backup quarterback. Probably going to be 3 to $5 million a year would be my guess. Would the Rams be willing to spend that much on a backup quarterback? Well, after what happened last year, I would hope so. Question number two, will the Rams draft a running back? I said yes in the sixth round. I've heard some people guessing that they'll draft a running back much earlier than that, but but I'll roll with the sixth round. Question number three, and this is the one I got pushed back on, who will be the Rams starting free safeties next year? I said Nick Scott and Russ Yeast, and someone said, hey, what about Jordan Fuller? And, you know, that's a good point. He has just missed so much time. And even if he does come back, he does seem injury prone. What this pushback to my answer really highlights, though, is that the Rams are in pretty good shape at safety, especially if they bring back Rap or Scott. We're going to have Yeast, Fuller, and Quentin Lake coming back for sure. If our starting safeties are any two of those three, it'd probably be okay. I'd like to see Rapp or Scott come back. I don't think there's any way it's going to be both of them. But you throw a Fuller into the mix there. That's a pretty good group. And my answer could have easily been Rap and Lake, Fuller and Lake, Fuller and Yeast, Scott and Fuller. I went with Scott and Yeast, and maybe that's not the best answer, but that's what I rolled with on this day. I also asked, who will the Rams play in week one? And I gave this some thought. They have nine road games and eight home games. Therefore, I think they'll start on the road, and it won't be a divisional opponent, so it'll be Either the Cowboys, Packers, Giants, Ravens, Bengals, or Colts. And I think it'll be the Colts, and I think that would be a good matchup for the Rams on the road in Indianapolis. Get off on the right foot with a win against a Colts team. That can be dangerous. Who knows what they'll look like next year at this time, who their coach will be. They have that good running back, good offensive line. Not a pushover, that's for sure, but I would embrace an opening game at the Colts. And actually playing Green Bay would not be bad either. Get that road game in Green Bay out of the way in September. That would be a good thing. And I'm going to give you a bonus question, a fearsome 4 plus 1 question I did not include on the YouTube channel, and this is going to get people spun up. What is more likely, A, the Rams draft 0 offensive linemen, or B, the Rams draft 3 offensive linemen, I say, A, it is more likely the Rams won't draft any offensive linemen. We'll be back in a second with our award show, and then we'll wrap things up with a wildcard weekend wrap-up and a early look at the divisional round. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57, and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. All new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets. Instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's time for the annual Rams Up Los Angeles Rams Award Show for the 2022 season. We did some mid-season awards during the Rams bye week, but my things have changed. This has been a difficult year for the Rams, obviously, and it makes it even more difficult to hand out awards, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Let's get right into it. Offensive player of the year. Who are the candidates? Well, the first guy I'll mention is Cam Akers. He closed the year with three straight 100-yard rushing games, finished with 786 yards Rushing seven TDs, a 4.2 average, more yardage than his rookie year, slightly lower average than that year, playing behind a mishmash offensive line for most of the season. Another guy is Tyler Higby, finished with 72 catches for 620 yards and three TDs. And he had a spell there where I don't think he played well, but he came on strong at the end. He is now the Rams' all time leading tight end in receiving yards. And the third guy I'm gonna name is Rob Havenstein. How often do you give an award like this to an offensive lineman? But this was the one guy that stuck through it all. Might have missed a snap at the end last couple games, but for the most part he was rock solid, very reliable, played pretty well, and the leader of that unit from start to finish, Rob Havenstein, and the winner is the Rams Offensive Player of the Year. As boring as it is, I'm going to give it to Rob Havenstein. you got to ding Akers for the drama that occurred in the middle of the season where he didn't play at all. And Tyler Higby had his ups and downs. Rob Havenstein, certainly not playing at an all-pro level, but he's a pretty good offensive lineman. Led that unit to thick and thin. Rob Havenstein the Offensive Player of the Year for the Rams. On the defensive side, got three candidates here as well. Number one, Jalen Ramsey, up and down season in my opinion. But man, when he brought it, he brought it. I just wish he'd bring it more consistently. When he's fired up, he's the scariest defender in the league in my opinion. He closed out really strong against the Seahawks. Number two, My second candidate, Leonard Floyd, and another guy who kind of started out slow, but how much of that was due to the fact that he was getting no help and offensive lines could just focus on stopping Leonard Floyd on the pass rush, plus plus opposing quarterbacks were focused on just getting rid of the ball quickly, so the stats weren't piling up for Leonard Floyd. But he still finished with nine sacks despite having no sacks in the first six games, That's just a half a sack off his Super Bowl year and one and a half off his career best in 2020. And then there's Bobby Wagner, 140 tackles, six sacks, two interceptions. Pro Football Focus rated him as the best linebacker in the league. And who is my winner? I'm going to go with Bobby Wagner. Solid from start to finish. (laughs) You just love to have this guy on your side in any battle. He had a really good season. According to Pro Football Focus, he was over, I think it was, 70.3 in every facet of his game. Bobby Wagner, the Rams' Defensive Player of the Year. Most Improved Player. I have five candidates. One of them, I'm going to get out of the way here early because I don't think he's really a candidate for this award because he didn't play long enough, but that's a Lyric Jackson. He went from an undrafted free agent to a second or third stringer to a guy that looked like he could be a future left tackle for this team. But no, he's not getting this award. Four guys I really considered. One is Tutu Atwell, finished with 18 catches for 298 yards and one TD. He also rushed for a TD, bringing something to this offense that we haven't seen in a while, and that's just blazing speed on the deep ball. Rams need to get better at connecting with him. I think we missed a lot of deep passes to Tutu Atwell that were there, just couldn't hook up with him, but looking forward to what he can do next year. The second guy is Michael Hoyt, played in the Super Bowl last year and piled up a few stats over the last half of the season. He finished this year with 36 tackles, four and a half sacks, a 300-pounder playing on the edge at times, Michael Hoyt. You know the announcers in a couple of these televised games loved him. Michael Hoyt, versatile guy that gets it done on the edge and can play inside as well. Number three is Coleman Shelton. You know, he fought off Logan Brust for that starting guard position, bounced back and forth between center and guard. We learned a lot about Coleman Shelton, and I don't know if it was so much that he's that improved. I think we just learned uh, what his capabilities were, and he finally got a shot playing along that interior offensive line. but certainly some improvement. He's a guy that will likely be a starter on this offensive line next year. And the fourth guy, Ben Skowronik, who went from a guy with a reputation for having iron hands to a guy you could really depend on, made some incredible catches during this season. I think we have a lot more faith in his abilities. Lined up at fullback early in the year, Showed up in the passing game, showed some hands, finally 39 catches for 376 yards. He had just 11 catches for 133 last year, so he pretty much tripled his output, even though he missed the last few games. Still looking for his first NFL TD. And the winner is, hopefully pretty obvious to you Ram fans out there, it's Michael Hoyt. This guy went from an undrafted free agent to being a feared player along the Rams defensive line, has a lot of skills, a lot of ways of getting to the quarterback, plays the run well, and he's an exclusive rights free agent, and the Rams are not going to let him get away. How about rookie of the year? Who is the Rams rookie of the year? Well, unfortunately, the 2022 draft class didn't really contribute much this year. Although I still have high hopes, they eventually will. Logan Bruss out for the year. Kyron Williams injured early. Got on the field a little bit. Quentin Lake got some playing time late. Darion Kendrick looked good early on, not so good later. Russ East got some playing time on special teams and in the secondary late in the year. A.J. O'Curry, I don't think he hit the field until that last game. Daniel Hardy, we don't know anything about him yet. Well, the one guy I didn't mention is our Rookie of the Year, cornerback Kobe Durant. Uh, this one was pretty easy, showing some ball hawking skills and some interception return skills. He'll be starting on this defense next year when they have three cornerbacks out there, that's for sure. Who's our best free agent acquisition? Well, three guys you really consider here, Troy Hill, Allen Robinson, and Bobby Wagner, not including Baker Mayfield here. Troy Hill played well. Uh, Allen Robinson started off really slowly. His production picked up a little bit before he got hurt. But it's obviously Bobby Wagner, right? Took Ernest Jones under his wing. Wagner was probably our most reliable player on defense. Bobby Wagner at the free agent acquisition of the year. Most valuable player, I really only considered two guys. Two guys I've already talked about, Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey. It's quite the dichotomy comparing these two guys. Bobby Wagner, steady and very good. Jalen Ramsey, a little uneven, a little too emotional at times. But man, he can blow plays up. And when he's fired up, one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, top three or four. The way he played against Seattle, man, incredible. Wagner, so reliable, steady, always at the top of his game. Jalen Ramsey, at times one of the best defenders in the league. You could even argue the best defender. He is so good when he's fired up and focused, contributes in the run game and the passing game. But there are times where he hurts you, a little undisciplined, always playing on the edge, which is great, but that can also hurt you sometimes. I'm going to go with Bobby Wagner. He's the most consistent force on that defense and a leader, a leader in the right way, sets an example. Bobby Wagner, the core of that Ram defense, at middle linebacker, inside linebacker, my Rams most valuable player of the 2022 season, Bobby Wagner. Hey, shoot me an email if you have a problem with any of these selections. We'll go over it next week if you want. But that's my Rams award show for 2022. Let's wrap up this wild card weekend, and it was a little wild, wasn't it? The first half of that Seahawk 49er game had me a little excited. Seahawks hanging with them, 49ers really letting the Seahawks stay in the game, but 49ers pulled away. They win 41 23. Seahawks had some calls go against them. Surprise, surprise. Niners just too much in the second half. Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, 100 yards. Receiving and rushing respectively, and Brock Purdy over 300 yards passing, 500 yards of offense uh, for the 49ers, and that Seahawk defense, it's a little bit weak, especially against the run. 49ers' path has been pretty easy so far. They had the easiest schedule in the NFL. First round of the playoffs, they draw the weakest team in the field at home. Things will be getting a little bit tougher for them, though. That Saturday night game, Chargers and the Jags. Oh my gosh, the Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. The Chargers doing the Charger thing. They're up 27 to nothing. They lose 31 to 30. And I know a lot of Charger fans, and I just felt horrible for them. Chargers are not a team I dislike or have a problem with. A lot of my associates are Charger fans, and it was a very painful weekend for them. Between... Joey Boza, and Cameron Dicker. And it's more about Boza. You know, field goal kickers are going to miss kicks once in a while. He hit a 50-yarder, but Boza, that was really costly. But then on the other hand, the Jags, the way they were rolling, were probably going to score a touchdown anyways. They settled for the field goal because they could. Their second-half possessions, four touchdowns, and a field goal. Third-largest playoff collapse in history. And those announcers, I mean, I love Al Michaels. I love the fact that he gives L.A. some love and the Rams some love. guess he is a Rams fan, but where's Gus Johnson when you need him? Could you imagine him calling the end of that game? It would have been a little bit more fun. And you got to give the Dolphins credit. I thought with Skylar Thompson in and Tua out, this would be a blowout. I originally thought it was going to be a close game because I thought Tua was going to play, and it ended up being a close game without Tua. Bills 34, Dolphins 31. Got to give Miami credit. But the Bills, remember how we felt about them after that Thursday night win over the Rams on opening day? And how do we feel about them now? I still don't see them getting to the Super Bowl. And if the Bengals didn't have those offensive line issues, I'd be putting heavy money on them. They were my pick, Bengals-Eagles, but they're going to have a rough time with the uh, two offensive linemen out. The Giants and the Vikings season 31-24. to Now, in the regular season, the Vikings won 27-24. This time it's flipped a little bit. I really haven't been given the Giants credit, although I have said in the past I kind of like Daniel Jones. He's another quarterback that gets undeserving amounts of hate. He is underrated and he can be a dangerous quarterback very fast. People don't give him credit for that. He can really hurt you with his legs. Jones the first player in NFL history to throw for 300 yards, two TDs, and rush for 70 plus yards in playoff history. Bengals 24 Ravens 17. That fumble return was something else. You know, when these quarterbacks reach out for touchdowns like that, I remember Bill Belichick a couple years ago, I think it was, said, none of my players will ever do that. If they do, they're done. And I think we see why such a dangerous play in that situation. He's clearly short, reaching out, ball gets smacked loose, and your season is over. And as much as I like the Bengals, those issues on the offensive line Moving forward, see how much a team like that struggles without two offensive linemen. Now you might have a better appreciation for how much the Rams struggled this year. And the Monday night game, probably the least surprising result the Cowboys 31, the Bucks 14. Everything went the Cowboys way in this one. Dak Prescott, four touchdown passes, ran for another. Cowboys just need to figure out one thing. Their kicker had a horrible night, missed four extra points. Brett Maurer, that's not going to work against the 49ers. But I do think this is a Cowboy team that matches up well against the 49ers. Their defense really brings it, could present some problems for that rookie quarterback there in San Francisco. So what do we have next weekend? The Saturday games, the two teams that had a bye play, the Jags at the Chiefs, the Giants at the Eagles. And then on Sunday, two really good matchups, the Bengals and the Bills and the Cowboys versus the 49ers. And we will come back with a pod later this week previewing those games. Hopefully we'll have some more Ram news by then, some more mock drafts. And remember, check in on our YouTube channel for mock drafts and our fearsome four questions, which we will begin sharing on a regular basis. I have a few ideas for the next set of questions already. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget about our YouTube channel is at laramsup.com Till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there music courtesy of the youtube audio library tracks featuring bar crawl by track drive buckeye bonsai by vans in japan and crimson fly by hamama